COVID watch. And after arguably the greatest week his administration has ever had, President Biden announced another positive over the weekend. And that positive was yet again from a COVID test. No, I'm not Phil Connors, and this is not Groundhog's Day, but it appears that our president is stuck in a COVID time loop. How will we handle it a second time around? We can only speculate. For now, it's back to the basement for President Joe Biden. But for the American people, it would seem this administration can't do a thing right. The price of gas has even kept some home at night. That's right, we've got no money. It's a shame. Interest on credit cards has even gone insane. This old curmudgeon doesn't even know he's alive. You might as well put that mask up over your eyes. That's the power of I'm Philip Bay Flood, and this is the news. Welcome back to episode six of Thinking Logically. I am the Podfather, joined by John Pod Jones, or you may know him as Dr. Joseph Anthony Corsi. And as we heard there from Philip A. Flood, President Joe Biden has tested positive for COVID again. Uh, we see Nancy Pelosi has just landed in Taiwan. So we have an action-packed episode for all of you. And before we get into all of this, we just want to thank all of our listeners. We're up to close to 300 downloads uh, in just five episodes. So we want to thank all of our listeners, everyone who subscribed, people in Pennsylvania, Florida, Ohio, North Carolina, Wisconsin, Washington State, California, Massachusetts, New Jersey, and Texas. So thank, thank you for listening, for subscribing. We've received a lot of great feedback so far from all of you, and we're happy to deliver this podcast and deliver some of the news. So, Dr. Corsi, uh, let's get into Joe Biden and his COVID positive rebound. Okay, taking it away. Real quick, I have to comment that Pelosi is walking down the steps. It is so dark at wherever she is landing. I believe it's Taipei in Taiwan. It is so dark on the runway. You can't even see. And she doesn't appear to be that drunk. She was walking down the steps, I, I, I see. She doesn't appear to be that drunk. She was grasping both railings, but she is 87 years old or 82 years old or something. So just a situation we're going to monitor. But we have to touch on. And, you know, I'm not going to spike the football and, and say I said this was going to happen. But according to Joe Biden, and I quote, this is what he said on Paxlovid because he tested positive again on Saturday. And he said Paxlovid is a game changer in our fight against BA5. Doctors prescribed it when I tested positive. You can access these pills for free at local drugstores around the country. Now, this is what he said. But first of all, it's not really free because it's probably our tax dollars paying for this. And then second of all, you, you don't really need a doc. You don't even need a doctor's prescription to get this now. What? Uh, that sounds kind of dangerous. If we go back to 2021, I mean, wh why didn't they feel the same way when people were trying to get ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine or, or anything else in the past? Uh, and before you say like, did those two drugs work? Blah, 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 blah. Ask yourself if Paxlovid does. Uh, this is a circus. And, and in a circus, when things start to go wrong or, or when you want to distract the audience, what do you do? You, you send in the clowns. 
So in my opinion, what we're going to see moving forward here is just a complete and total clown show. Don't be surprised if you see Joe Biden ride on on a unicycle, honking a horn with a big red nose, wearing giant clown shoes. Uh, Mark? When you texted me the other day and said that uh, Joe Biden tested positive again for COVID, I I said, no, can't be. And then sure enough, 10 seconds later, I do some research and I find that he did test positive again for COVID-19. And we heard from a couple of our listeners who messaged me privately and said, you guys called this. And as I told you the other night, I think every episode so far, we've had one of our predictions come true within the next couple of days after our episode being uh, released. So great call on your part. Uh, you did correctly predict this. Again, it's not that hard. Fade the, fade the Joe Biden administration. Fade them. Fade it. Fade it hard. Um, but like, you made up, brought up a great point. You know, why, why can't we get ivermectin or hydroxychloroquine to treat COVID when Paxlovid is actually causing you to get COVID again? And we heard Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre, um, the new Marquis de Lafayette, if you will, <laughs> <laughs> say that... He was experiencing some symptoms like, you know, the sniffles. And um, and she also admitted that he does have a dry cough all the time. So thank you for letting us know that. Uh, but he does have some, you know, common cold symptoms, I guess you could say. Nothing that anyone would, would call, and you know, anything serious. Uh, but just some other symptoms related to COVID, I guess. But yeah, like you said, uh, this was going to happen. You called this. You predicted it. And I, I was telling a, a, a friend yesterday, I said, in, in regards to Biden, this is a clown show. It's an absolute clown show uh, with COVID. So put your mask on and, you know, pray that you don't get COVID because it is just so dangerous these days. Back to you. Okay. So with, like I said, we got to find out more about this packs of a drug because it was supposed to be one in 10 would have this happen. Sure enough, the odds it happens to the president of the United States is amazing. But again, they wanted to cancel Joe Rogan for just saying that he took ivermectin. They wanted to, they said he's, he's, he's going to kill people for taking horse space. Now you can't even, you don't even need a doctor's excuse to get this, this drug that, that doesn't even work. The, to the two people that I know, the most famous cases recently, Dr. Fauci and Joe Biden. They both had terrible symptoms after they took it. What? I, I, and, and going back further, whatever happened to the argument? Because they all have four boosters or whatever, two shots, two boosters. Whatever happened to the argument that this was a pandemic of the unvaccinated there, Joe Biden? What happened to all the stories about the unvaccinated patients crying on their deathbeds? Wishing, wish, I have to laugh, just say, wishing that they got vaccinated. Like that'd be your dying wish. I wish I got vaccinated. Every every news and mainstream media platform parroted that you're not going to get sick if you get vaccinated, and that ended up being wrong or a lie. Are they ever going to take any responsibility for that? I mean, anyone that suggested otherwise was was eviscerated, shouted down, banned off. They their social media accounts taken off, and and now actually, thanks to the people that didn't take the shot, we have a control group in this experiment. 
So I am once again asking, what are the current statistics? Mark. I would like to see Paxlovid, the maker of that drug, how much they've lobbied members of Congress to get this drug out there um, as a therapeutic for COVID. Why would you still be taking this drug if it's causing you to get COVID again? We, like you said, Dr. Fauci and Joe Biden have both taken Paxlovid to treat COVID. They tested negative, And while they were taking the drug, it caused them to test positive again. So why would anyone start keep taking this drug? It makes zero sense. Zero. Just deal with the symptoms and go and, and, and get better within a couple days. Eventually we'll go away. But I, I just, I would love to see and do some digging on this as to how much the makers of Paxlovid have lobbied members of Congress uh, to get this drug out in front of the American people. It's crazy. It's crazy. But like you said, Joe Rogan, you know, they wanted to pull him off Spotify and cancel him because he was promoting ivermectin as a therapeutic. Can't be any worse than Paxlovid. I didn't ever heard of ivermectin causing a COVID rebound like, like this drug is. So that's that with, uh, with the COVID watch. And we'll see uh, what happens as we go forward here. But we're seeing more and more masks, a lot more masks. I'm seeing people wear. Uh, we were in Target last night, saw a family of four walk in, husband, wife, two Two teenage boys. The mother doesn't have a mask on as she's walking into uh, Target. But as soon as she enters Target, she puts a cloth mask on her face. Why? There may have been 20 people in Target. But that cloth mask is going to save you, boy. Make sure you have that cloth mask over your mouth and over your nose. Just... It's it's hilarious. It's, it's just old at this point. And you're right. It is hilarious. It's 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 comical. If you think a cloth mask is going to prevent you from getting a highly contagious, it, at this point, uh, what amounts to be a cold? Where does the air go? It's not a suction cup on your face. It just right. blows right out. <sighs> another funny like I'm thing. Taking just crazy yeah. pills at some point. But go ahead. No, go ahead. I just, okay, so, so we're going to move over to California for a second because they actually just just uh, declared monkeypox a state of emergency, I guess, in California. But it's not like they're telling people to stay six feet. I'm not going to be able to finish. They're still not telling people to stay, stay six feet apart. They're actually fighting back about sex shaming. So it's not like they're saying don't – like with COVID, they never – like we had to stay six feet apart. You couldn't hug anyone. But for monkeypox, that's they – they're not even daring suggesting – that you stop having unprotected sex or, or any whatever. I don't even want to go over that that far. But they're no, not of course not. <laughs> of course not. Of course they're not saying that. Why would they say that? Why would they say stop having sex? Gavin Newsom, why would you do that? <laughs> why would you do that, Gavin? Hey, but declare a state of emergency. Uh, speaking of states of emergency and borders, let's move across another border, I guess, to... Texas or the entire southern border? We can do an entire 
episode on the border. And before you begin, I want to say that if there is one issue, one issue that you should pick to vote on in the next election in 2024 or maybe even 2022 with the midterms coming up, but especially in 2024, if there is one issue that you should pick to vote for a Republican candidate, it is the issue of our southern border. Because it has absolutely evaporated. And what we're seeing go on down there on the border is a travesty. We don't even have a border. And for what's going on, you're not going to recognize this country in a few years if this continues. It cannot sustain the path it's on right now. If you are a Democrat listening, I want you to come on this show and tell us why you think that what is going on on the border is acceptable. Come on and tell us that. I want to know. Because it is infuriating to me that the border is completely porous. We've had millions upon millions of illegal immigrants crossing the border. If you want to come here legally, great. Like our grandparents and great-grandparents did. Please, by all means, come into this country legally. But what's going on on the southern border is a disgrace. Go ahead. Okay, so we're going to start off with some videos of Biden from the campaign in 2020. This was, I think, part of the same interview where it's a famous one because he, uh, someone asked him if he wanted a cognitive test, and he said, no, I don't need a test. Um, it is the same video I'm pointing up here. Sorry, we were supposed to have Mark from the sound department, but he called off yet again. This is day six, so you're stuck here with me as Mark from the sound department burns through all of his paid time off days, apparently. Paging Mark from the sound department, please. For the love of God. I mean, it is not. Was known as the deporter in chief for moving more than three million people during the Biden um, Obama um, administration. Trump campaign made me president. That wall. I did. No, the Obama Biden administration. Trump campaigned on um, build that wall. Are you willing to tear that wall down? No, I'm, there will not be another foot of wall constructed in my administration, number one. Number two, what I'm going to focus on, and the, and the, uh, uh, the fact is that somebody in this group written a lot about the border. Um, I'm going to make sure that we have border protection, but it's going to be based on making sure that we use high-tech capacity to deal with it. And at the ports of entry, what that's about where the all the bad confiscations? stuff is what about and, the land confiscations? And, well, and, and stop, done, over, not going to do it. Withdraw this. The, the, all the, right, the, shut them up. We're right. out. We're not going to confiscate the land. Well, what a loser. Shut him up. So he, he everything he said, he, he lied about or was wrong, whatever you want to pick, because we have an NPR article from August 5th. Again, Biden would end border wall construction, but wouldn't tear down Trump's additions. So he said he would end it, but then again, you go back and he's doing it today. And then we have a fact check, and this is from April 8th of 2022 from PolitiFact. Fact check. Construction is not resuming on miles of border wall that Trump promised. And, and I, I can read the whole thing through, but in, in hindsight, all, all lies, all falsehoods. And, and explain we, to our audience why this is a, a falsehood and a lie. I mean, people might not know what he's doing now. I, 
he, he granted, hold on. Just, just, oh, fuck, I had it pulled up. You got to edit that part out too. Hold on. Motherfucker. He's, so edit out from that last 10 seconds. What he's doing, what he's doing is he's building the U.S.-Mexico border wall near Yuma, which is, again, he ran and campaigned on the fact that he would not build any more wall. And now he's not only building more wall, but the border is in way worse shape. People are pouring through. And this, at this point, could be too little too late. Yes. Uh, this headline says that Biden admin quietly approves construction of U.S.-Mexico border wall near Yuma, Arizona. And then below that, it says Joe Biden previously admonished Donald Trump over the wall on his immigration policies. This article was from three days ago. Well, why do you think that he's completing construction of this wall, Joe? Um, I don't know. I haven't been to the border, but I've seen some of the videos in it is insane. You have, I forget what they, Steve Bannon, I think actually put it as an invasion of Normandy, the same amount of people happening. Is it every, every month or every month or two? That, yes. That's that's crazy numbers. That That's, we cannot sustain that. And you know what else? It, it changes our entire demographics of, of, of the South or wherever they go. And there's been reports that this administration's flying them into to even Pennsylvania, other states in the North and, uh, now you have Texas fighting back and, and busing migrants to D.C. and New York, and, and, and that's causing problems there. Our country is a disaster, and it's for a lot of reasons, but the border is is one of the ones that was it – was, it wasn't that bad before he took office, and now it is like a third-world country. Border. It says border patrol agents have already stopped migrants more than 160,000 times from January through June in the sector this year. That's the Yuma border sector. That's not the whole border. That's just the Yuma sector in Arizona. 160,000 stopped migrants in the first six months of the year. You have human trafficking going on across the border daily. You have fentanyl that's being imported by the Mexican drug cartels from China that is being carried over the border, trafficked over the border. I mean, what's going on down there is an absolute abomination. And it needs to stop. Again, if you were going to vote on one issue, it has to be the border. It has to be this. We need border security. You know, Trump, the, good, good. Trump really, really preached this. And he was called a misogynist racist you know and now you see what an open border truly looks like um, along our southern border now before i turn it back over to you you we do have texas busing migrants up to washington dc who mayor muriel bowser declared washington dc a sanctuary city sure come to our city and what did she do just recently she declared a state of emergency over the migrant population in Washington, D.C., just two years after she declared Washington, D.C. a sanctuary city. So you want to be for open borders? You want to welcome all these illegal migrants into this country, into your city? Sure. We'll bring them right up to your doorstep, right up to Washington, D.C., and you can declare a state of emergency. 
because now the situation is completely out of control. And this topic is not getting enough coverage in the mainstream uh, media, but we all know why. But go ahead. Well, there's so many issues. Okay, so first of all, let's let's just look at the money aspect. Democrats and some Republicans even too cried like, like babies over spending four billion to complete that wall. How much money do we spend send to Ukraine? How many billions went there? What else are we wasting money on? It's just and then you have our press secretary because. Trump did say Mexico was going to pay for the wall, which I, I, I guess that would be incorrect. I, I don't think Mexico paid for the wall. I could be wrong, but I doubt I am. Um, so we have the press secretary in a tweet from about two years ago tweeting out, where are the pesos for your bigoted wall? Which, OK, so let's let's take you back to Friday's press conference when Peter <laughs> Ducey made a comment about this. OK, playing the video. Is this? We are not finishing. By filling in, finishing? We are not finishing. By filling in, uh, is this, is this racist? Because in 2019, when the former guy was proposing a wall, you said, uh, that it was his racist wall. So how is this any different? I'm just having a hard time understanding how this is any different. I'm not even sure how you get to your first question, to this question that you just asked me. I'm not answering it. A border wall. I'm, I'm, I'm answering your question. No, you're not. A border wall is ineffective use of taxpayer dollars. So it's ineffective of taxpayer dollars, dollars that actually went to the military that the last administration, the prior president took from the military, which took away from schools, which took away from military bases. That's what that money that he pulled away from uh, to build uh, this wall that he wanted. That is ineffective, by the way, which I just said. Uh, just recently, CBP reported. I'm going to sew my head to the carpet here. Uh, this is insane. The southwest border was breached 3,272 times between fiscal year of 2019 and 2021, requiring 2.6 million in repairs. It's ineffective. We are not finishing a wall. We are cleaning up the mess that the last administration made okay by building a wall in yuma <laughs> well, i don't am i wrong am i am i am i lacking something here am i missing something really big on february 15th 2019 Karine jean pierre current press secretary tweeted at real donald trump where are the pesos for your bigoted wall it, it just doesn't get any worse i mean truly it really does not get any worse from these people these clowns oh it gets worse <laughs> It can get more. Hold on. I can play more videos. I, I love how this. Peter Ducey, though, saves the receipts. <laughs> uh, it gets better. Hold Go on. Go ahead. Let's, let's get back to the, the Texas busing, busing migrants to D.C. Let's, she was questioned about that. Let's see how she handled it, Mark. Okay. Apparently, we're, we're having issues again. I think we got it fixed. Maybe. Dewey, Mark from the sound department, please. Don't call off again. Okay, here we go. We got queued up. Texas busing migrants to D.C. and the federal government flying migrants to, say, New York in the middle of the night in other cities. It's very different because we're not doing it as a, as using migrants as a political pawn. Oh, okay. They're not using them as a political pawn. No more questions. Moving on, please. Next question. <laughs> it just continues and continues with these people. But like I said, People should be outraged about what's going on at the border. 
the southern border. But all we see on our TVs is China, Taiwan, Ukraine, anything but the southern border. Don't look over here. Go ahead. Back to you. I, I just have nothing more, man. It's, it's a mess. And if we don't have a border, how do we have a country? Right. Right. So um, hopefully everyone wakes up soon. And when you go to cast your ballot in the fall, in November, and in 2024, you think about the border and you think about our country radically changing over the next several years because I don't know how many illegal migrants have crossed over now. It's probably in the millions by this point. All the fentanyl being trafficked into our country, all the the children being trafficked into sex slavery. So if you think that this is a joke, if this is not a big issue because you don't hear about it, you're wrong. All right, because this is a serious, serious matter. So, all right, moving on. Well, I'm sure we'll have our own. We'll, we'll continue talking about the border because it's, it's that big of a topic. It ain't getting solved tomorrow, that's for sure. No, and it's not getting solved in the next two years. But, all right, I uh, just wanted to hit on uh, the Catholic corner real quick. We have... First of all, I did hear from one of our listeners who basically approached me and said, you know, what, what was wrong with what the Pope said about um, eating less meat? And I said, well, you know, when I when I hear that, I think of that. I think of, you know, the cattle, the beef farm down the road for me. And I think of um, us eating meat, synthetic meat made in the lab, that slime impossible burger crap that people think that they're helping the environment by eating that and it's healthier for you. So that's, that was my response. And, and, you know, the the listener said, no, I think what he's talking about is these big cattle farms, these big cattle ranches that have hundreds of thousands of head of cattle uh, in these big livestock farms that raise chickens and things like that, that are causing, you know, releasing methane into the atmosphere and in, in, you know, greenhouse gases and whatnot. So I said, well, yeah, if you look at it from that perspective, you are correct. Um, so I will offer a, a minor retraction there. But I do want to have something, I do have something positive to say about um, Pope Francis. And he did say, and I read this on Breitbart, and this is the first time we're quoting Breitbart. We're not about quoting, you know, extreme right or left-wing sources. But I did see this on Breitbart. Pope Francis calls for Ukraine and Russia to stop and negotiate. Oh, my gosh. The first person that I've heard on a global stage to actually push this. Maybe we should stop and negotiate. Hmm, Why should we do that? Oh, because the United States just authorized another $400 million in aid to Ukraine just within the last 24 hours of us recording this podcast. Are you kidding me? Let's stop and negotiate. Let's end this war. He said, I did not cease praying for the suffering and battered Ukrainian people, asking God to free them from the scourge of war. The pontiff told pilgrims gathered in the Vatican for his weekly Angelus message. If one looked at what is happening objectively, considering the harm that war brings every day to those people and even to the entire world, the only reasonable thing to do would be to stop and negotiate. May wisdom inspire concrete steps toward peace. So I applaud Pope Francis for speaking out against this. 
and for being the first person that at least I've heard of, a we'll call him a world leader, which he is, to actually stop and negotiate, to end the fighting, come to some sort of agreement. It's going to be a give and take. But this certainly makes sense at this point because I can't stand seeing more American taxpayer dollars get shipped off to Ukraine because we've already sent them upwards of, what, $40 billion? So maybe this, uh, maybe the Pope is on to something here. Maybe the Pope, I, maybe I the doubt Pope, we're going to see any sort of negotiation, but uh, I do agree with uh, Pope Francis. Your thoughts? Maybe the Pope realizes because he's really smart that we're not going to be able to stand with Ukraine and stand with Taiwan at the same exact time either. Maybe. <laughs> I mean, uh... the Pope is very, you know, the Pope is very, very intelligent. Most Popes are usually speak four or five different languages and are, are extremely educated. So um, I, I do give Pope Francis some credit there. So uh, we will see if uh, if he's uh, if someone actually listens to him. The other thing I wanted to mention here uh, is that the Biden administration's having a uh, we'll call it a good two weeks. If that's what you want to that's how you want to say it. They are trying to, and they're very close to doing this, um, and it's if this bill gets passed, and I don't know if we want to see this bill get passed. It's the reconciliation bill um, that's being um, passed through the Senate right now. Joe Manchin said he was on board with it. But one facet of this bill is the fact that it would let Medicare directly negotiate the cost of of prescription drugs with the drug makers. Uh, This would be a huge win uh, for the government, for Medicare. Bill Clinton, Al Gore, Barack Obama, Hillary Clinton, Joe Biden, and even Donald Trump have all embraced the idea while in office or as candidates to let Medicare directly negotiate the price of drugs. Federal laws prohibited Medicare from directly negotiating how much it will pay for drugs since 2003. And you're thinking, who cares? I'm not on Medicare. You know, I'm not 60 two and a half or whatever Medicare is right now. But the fact is, if this were to happen, this would save the federal government billions of dollars uh, over the course of, you know, however many years this happens. And this would be a big step in taking on big pharma and lowering the price of prescription drugs for those on Medicare. So, um, if this does happen, if this bill gets passed, uh, that is one good point to it. Um, 90% of Democrats and Republicans alike say they want price negotiation. So we'll see if that um, that reconciliation bill gets passed. And that, like I said, is just one part of it. So that is all I wanted to add there as far as some of the uh, good news. And we do have some more good news that we want to talk about. And that came out last night. And I'll let you handle it. Whoa, 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 uh, uh. Nope, that's false alarm. That's from that's from the news of last night, the missile strike from last night. My apologies. Go ahead, Mark. Take it away. <laughs> uh, so we had uh, President Biden announce last night that the, and I have several thoughts on this, uh, the leader of al-Qaeda, Ayman al-Zwahiri, was killed in an armed drone strike, a counterterrorism um, 
strike. He was the leader of Al-Qaeda. He was one of the masterminds behind the 9-11 attacks. He was Osama bin Laden's right-hand man. And where he was living was very, very interesting. He was killed on his balcony in downtown Kabul, Afghanistan. So do you want to talk about the significance here of this whole strike? Yes, I, I could I could tear this whole thing apart. Number one, why is Al Qaeda back in Afghanistan? Does does anyone remember what happened a year ago? I mean, people don't forget Joe Biden. And like you said, it's not like he was killed in a countryside hideout in the middle of nowhere. He's killed on a balcony in Kabul, the capital, if you don't remember, of Afghanistan. While he's hanging out with the lead, the, the lead, I think it was the leader of the Taliban. And the best part is, I think it was August 20th, after the failed withdrawal and we lost Afghanistan. And Biden is quoted as saying, look, let's put the, and I'm quoting him. Let's put this thing in perspective here. What interest do we have in Afghanistan at this point with Al-Qaeda gone? Well, again, <laughs> another one that apparently was not true. So another point to make, Al-Qaeda waited three days to denounce the attack, which seemingly coordinates their confirmation statement just, just after the White House announced the strike. That's, that's interesting timing, to say the least. And uh, why does the CIA have armed drones in different countries? Like, I, I don't even know. Why the CIA and not the military is doing all this stuff is highly questionable for me, but there's just so many questions here and two hellfire missiles on a balcony and you only kill one guy. I don't know about that one either. Right. They, his, apparently he was living in an apartment um, from what the article I read on Politico uh, with his wife, daughter and her kids. So now he's out on his balcony and the, the, I would love to see the, just the overall intelligence, how it was gathered you know, how they went and re recreated uh, his apartment and, and where it was located and everything that went into this attack. Just, I believe, the technology that we possess and we're able to use to kill someone like this has to be incredible. So kudos to our armed forces, the CIA, for delivering on this. This is one last person on the battlefield that, um, you know, that, that could cause harm to Americans but what if the Taliban, who runs Afghanistan now, knew he was there? And what if they gave the intelligence to the CIA to eliminate him? Um, that's just a thought that I had. So either the Taliban knew that this was going to happen or they did not. I really don't know if our government would have tipped off the Taliban to say, hey, we're going to conduct this strike on Zwahiri in downtown Kabul. Do you think that they would have let the Taliban know? No. Like I said, there, there's there's two ways. Either the Taliban, for some reason, served up on a platter or there was some agreement between the two or we're going to have some issues with Afghanistan. And, and there was no reason really for this. Yeah. Well, a spokesperson for the Taliban tweeted Monday that an airstrike was carried out on a residential house in Sherpur area of Kabul city. So 
I have a feeling, this is just my gut feeling, the Taliban was in on this strike with the United States, that they may have sold out Zwahiri to the United States. It's just my thought. Um, I, I just don't see how the United States would have done this unilaterally without letting the Taliban know, hey, we're going to shoot this missile into an apartment building in your capital city without letting them know first. So something tells me the Taliban was was cooperating with the United States. They may have given the United States intelligence on this. Um, I could be I could be completely off base here, but um, that's just my thought. So what do you think? Um, I agree. Also, it's it's weird that it happened on a Friday and it doesn't get announced until Monday. I mean, did, did Joe Biden record that video on Friday? He had to have known it happened on Friday when it happened. Why Why wait three days to, to record the video? Uh, it's just it's so weird. Uh, maybe man. they had. To, I mean, maybe they had to confirm using their intelligence on the ground that he actually was killed. I mean, that was actually him. That was probably why my, my thoughts. And you're right, but whenever the dude does all his tape things in a in a private room away from the White House, and it looked like he was in front of a green screen again, it's just so weird. It is very dystopian, the way they go about things. So uh, let's move on to, do you want to talk about Pelosi, China, Taiwan? Um. I do, and I think this is going to be an evolving story over the course of the next week. Um, and before you before you begin, just want to read this tweet out from uh, Crypto Well. The account is Nancy Pelosi's visit to Taiwan is expected to cost taxpayers over ninety million dollars for security, allocation of U.S. military presence, and more. All this for her to get a private tour of the NVIDIA chip factory after she purchased millions in shares using insider info. Take it away, Joe. Okay, so you actually, because I I had a very busy weekend, you actually, I think yesterday or today even, said um, that that part about NVIDIA. I I had no idea about that. I know her her husband sold a lot of money in, in stock when it came to NVIDIA about a week or two ago. Another strange thing, but now she's going there to look at this chip, and it's the biggest. Uh, for, as far as I'm, it's it's like the capital of where all the chips are made. Where if the, if something would happen, that's it for the chips, and and we use these chips for anything that has to do with technology, um, laptops, cars, everything. Correct. And is she like, how do, how do they get away with this? And I believe it was Jack Posobiec had the best take on this. Okay, so I got a tweet just in from Jack Posobiec. Disclose your semiconductor stocks. Um, talking about Nancy Pelosi's tweet responding. And her tweet is, Our delegation's visit to Taiwan honors America's unwavering commitment to supporting Taiwan's vibrant democracy. Our discussions with Taiwan leadership reaffirm our support for our partner and promote our shared interest, including advanced and free open in the open Indo-Pacific region. Um, America's solidarity solidarity with 23 million people of Taiwan is more important today than ever. And as the world faces a choice between autocracy and democracy, just she shouldn't have went there. She, she didn't need to go there. 
nowhere in this does it mention her visiting the chip factory, which I think is the bigger story here, especially when her husband just sold stock in that company. But if if she does visit the chip factory, now we don't know for sure if she's going there. So let's let's be, you know. Well, real honest. quick, will, will we be able to see where she goes? Will we get an itinerary? I mean, it, it's we're paying the we're footing the bill for this trip over there. Technically, can we see the receipts? We should be able to see, you know, what her itinerary is and what she has planned. Um, China's defense ministry is on high alert and will launch a series of targeted military operations as countermeasures. As Pelosi lands in Taiwan, Chinese media reports. And with that, just in, 26 Republican senators support Pelosi's visit to Taiwan. Uh, So we're not going to read all 26 Republican senators that support this visit. Um, But uh, this is going on as we speak. And this is causing heightened geopolitical tensions, you know, in Southeast Asia. And... As far as China's position on this goes, Xi Jinping, the leader of the Chinese Communist Party, he is up for re-election, I believe in a few weeks, and he needs to show strength because he is on the verge of becoming pretty much dictator for life in China as the leader of the Communist Party. If he shows weakness toward Taiwan or toward the United States, in regards to this visit, maybe could hurt his chances of being reelected as the leader of the Communist Party. What do you think? I agree. I mean, you, you can never show show weakness. And in, in, in the Asian culture, face is a very, very big thing. Very big. So we didn't think that this visit was going to happen. But uh, it, di- it did. She is in Taiwan. Yeah. It is currently evening over there, very late at night. So we'll see how the next 24 hours plays out for Speaker Pelosi uh, in Taiwan. But, you know, she's getting what she wants over there, right? She's getting the headlines. She's getting the military presence. She is getting what she wants over there. All the attention is on who? Nancy Pelosi right now. She was welcomed and greeted by Taiwan's leaders on arrival to Taiwan's airport in Taipei. So, again, um, we are going to see how this plays out over the next 24 hours. We should also mention, too, that the um, right. during the press briefing yesterday, the Pentagon, I believe it was John Kirby, was, was doing the press briefing uh, as well. And, and he made it very clear that Nancy Pelosi makes her own decisions. So it's like they, they didn't want to take responsibility for her going either president biden didn't want to take responsibility for her going they're basically saying hey she's on her own over there but we'll delve into that later um we are running out of time here so we're gonna have to do the quick hits right now and the first one is a famous meme that's been going around it's uh it's an article from the washington free beacon and apparently the CNN journalist who reported the fiery but mostly peaceful protest got an Emmy nomination. So <laughs> you all have seen the meme. It's 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 completely fiery behind him. I, I believe they were in Kenosha, Kenosha Wisconsin. Yep. Yes. Yes. And uh, the headline speaks for itself. Fiery but mostly peaceful protest after police shooting and, and everything is on fire behind him. And we'll actually move in case you're questioning. They're trying to compare 
the riots of 2020 and all that destruction with January 6th or anything like that. I have the damage report, and this is from Jennifer A. Kingston, Kingston at Axios, so it's a liberal source, um, exclusive. One billion plus riot damage is most expensive insurance his- in, in insurance history. So from just May 26th to June 8th, we had in today's dollars, 1.2 billion. And we'll put them in today's dollars so people know. The, the riots in Los Angeles from Rodney King only measured 1.42 billion. Well, this is one to two billion. Yes. Dollars. And that's a yes. matter of two weeks. Yes. That is what the, this is what the insurance companies paid out from one to two billion dollars in damages in 20 states across the United States over two weeks. That is what the riots back in summer of 2020 cost the insurance, the insurance industry. Amazing. And he got an Emmy for reporting basically fake news. Mostly peaceful. <sighs> Next, um, we are going to give a little bit attention to Senator Pat Toomey because he was against, um, there was a bill, um, what was it called? The uh, It was a bill for veterans. I'm, I'm getting off here a little bit. But in it, they try to sneak in an extra $400 billion in spending that was completely unrelated to veterans. And Senator Pat Toomey actually stood up and and was against this. And I believe it got voted no on. And they are still, but everyone was up in arms about this. But people don't understand what they snuck in. $400 billion of wasteful spending. That, that should piss everyone off. Because they went from it's... discretionary spending to mandatory spending. Yes. $400 billion on things that the Democrats can spend on, on basically whatever they want to a certain extent. And what, you know, this was in the news in the last day or two, that these burn pits that severely harmed soldiers that served in Iraq and Afghanistan, 86% of the veterans who served in Iraq or Afghanistan say they were exposed to these burn pits, according to a 2020 survey. And these burn pits are basically just an amalgamation of all these things thrown in there, chemicals, whatnot, that cause long-term health issues. You would think that this would be covered by the VA, by their health insurance. It is not. And this bill was going to fix that for over three and a half million veterans who were exposed to burn pits. Why this is not covered under the VA, I have no idea. But they snuck this $400 billion uh, mandatory spending that in bill, an uh, uh, amendment into the bill. And they basically said, no, we're not going to vote on this. Toomey said, let's take this out, part out, and we'll have another vote. So he's trying to work with, you know, Democrats across the aisle and actually voting on protection and support for the veterans. Just take this part out. We'll have another vote. He said he'd be more than happy to vote for it if this part was taken out. So this seems like a little political tit for tat, you know, games being played probably by both sides a little bit, but for sure, um, you know, just sneaking that in there um, is, is kind of crazy. So maybe they can have another vote on just supporting the veterans here. Yeah. You can't use the veterans as, as, as a hostage and, and for, for, for 400 billion of, of wasteful spending. I mean, it, it's, it's sickening. But moving on, um, 
John Fetterman finally came out with a video. Would you like me to play it for you, Granda? Go ahead. If, if, it, if it works. Hey, everyone. It's John. And hoping you are able to chip in $10. It's the end of the month. Can you help us reach our new goal? Hope you can do it. But We're we, almost there. Thank you so much. Okay, so you are part of our grassroots small donor army. Thank you very much. Thank you. Okay. Okay. We've seen them. We heard them. What do you think? First, just what do you think? Fetterman's alive. He's wearing a hoodie in the middle of the summer, but that's what he usually wears. So, again, I, I, what I think about this doesn't has, not, has nothing to do with Fetterman. It has everything to do with Oz. And I just, I'm going to go back to what we said a couple episodes ago. Where is Dr. Oz? Honest to God, I feel like he doesn't even want to win. Where are you? What are you doing? Where are the ads? Where is your campaign? Why aren't you out making all these appearances? You are one of the most successful daytime people in television history, worth an estimated $400 million. Why aren't you peppering television with ads tying John Fetterman to Joe Biden? What are you doing? It's unbelievable how bad Dr. Oz sucks. Go ahead. And in the words of Coach Beatrice, you got to want to get it done. And it appears that Dr. Oz does not want to get it done. John uh, Fetterman is, is running a rough shot over him. It's like, who's advising Oz? Why doesn't someone step in and help this man in his campaign? I mean, I, I, I got to touch he, on he's a, he's a He's a mega celebrity. You would think that this should be a, a no-brainer. He's down by 11 points in the latest poll. Down by 11 points. You would think it'd be the opposite. He should be up by 11 points. Unless he's playing rope-a-dope and waiting. Here's, here's my take. you got to watch the video because John Fetterman definitely looks like there's something wrong with him, his speaking ability. Also, he looks like a little kid. Like he should be wearing a, a hat with a propeller on the top of it, maybe with some chocolate smear all over his face. He just doesn't seem like he's he's there. Uh, it's well, he some, did have a stroke, so he's probably not all the way back. But 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 he's running for senator. I know. Uh, yeah. Should we just? Oh, he had a stroke. Let him leave him alone. As, leave him as, alone. As he had a stroke. As we're speaking about this, here's a John Fetterman ad on television. <laughs> and uh, yeah. Well, here's one Fetterman ad, so one Fetterman ad, Oz zero. Oh, my God. I've, it just... I've literally not seen a Dr. Oz ad on television yet, at least in the last month. So I, I would expect Fetterman to fully win this race, but um, I, but then again, it may tighten up. It should tighten up. You would think. All Dr. Oz has to do is tie John Fetterman to Joe Biden. That's it. Joe Biden has a negative 25% uh, approval rating in Pennsylvania. Just do it. Time to time John Fetterman to Joe Biden and watch this race tighten up. It'll tighten I, up. I don't think it'll be enough, though, because yeah. like John Fetterman, is, he's a well-liked candidate. You can't argue that. It's just you got to focus on, on if he's physically fit and if he has the dress code, if he can right. pass the dress code, too. <laughs> I, I just I don't. Know. I have a poll here from Newsmax. 
Now, if you don't know Newsmax, it's a it's a right leaning media outlet. And this poll was from this morning. Should Donald Trump run for president in 2024? 114,000 people voted in this poll. 91% said yes. Out of 114,000 people, 91% said Donald Trump should run in 2024. In a 2024 Republican primary, who would you vote for? Again, out of 114,000 people, 89% or 103,000 said Donald Trump. That's who you would vote for. 89%. 103,000 people said you would vote for Donald Trump. The next closest was Ron DeSantis at close to 7,000. In a 2024 presidential race between Donald Trump and Kamala Harris, who would you vote for? 95% said Donald Trump. If Trump wins in 2024, last question, who should be his VP running mate? 58% said Ron DeSantis. 14% said Ted Cruz. No one else was above 7%. So that poll uh, was from Newsmax. Interesting. Um, So this is, again, a lot of Trump's base, though, watches Newsmax and probably voted in this poll. So I'm not totally shocked, but the numbers there are staggering, uh, the support. And we're seeing broadly for Trump. So. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, wait, no, false alarm. Never mind. That's from Iran. Um, that's not China. That wasn't the U.S. doing a mit. That's from Iran. Apparently, we got a new article from the New York Post. Iran vows to build nukes if provoked, turn New York City into hellish ruins. However, I guess they don't understand that all they need to do is let them keep electing liberal Democrats, and Iran will have to use the nukes. So we're going to need to monitor this situation. But you have to ask, uh, is this predictive programming? I mean, I've seen a lot of articles about this recently. Um, and I think New York City even did a PSA, a public service announcement, about what to, how to survive a nuclear attack. So, again, timing is, is strange. But, uh, Mark, do you have anything before we take the show away? Yeah, I want to see Iran shoot a nuclear weapon from Iran and make it to New York City before it gets shot down. Uh, by 50 other countries on its way over. So I love the barking from Iran in the Middle East. Okay. All right. Well, we're going to go into the closing remarks here. Before I do, though, I have to say I got a lot of questions about uh, World War II, when it exactly started. Some people thought it was Pearl Harbor, other things. But what most don't know, and this is coming from me, it was actually just a few local wars, regional wars in China and Asia, Africa, the Mediterranean, and then in Central and Eastern Europe. Um, We're definitely seeing and already saw the latter happen again in Central and Eastern Europe. Um, It appears we may see China, Asia, too. Um, What's next? We're not sure. Um, But we're going to be here for you guys. Um, Look, the bad news is every day it gets worse in this country. But the good news is that means every day our podcast gets better. So just... Stick with us. Hope you enjoy listening. We're going to be here every week. So we're going to try to give you the news as it happens. I'm Dr. Joseph Anthony Corsi. Mark, who are you? I am the Podfather. Thank you for listening, and we will see you in a few days. Bye-bye.